Troops, here we are, we're live. That means one thing, another epic guest, another Eagle podcast. We've gone uh, international. We've, we've got our first international guest coming all the way from Norway, Stephen Hanley. Stephen, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, mate. Really, really chilled. Uh, how's, how's Norway? Not a country I've ever been to, but I'd love to go to. Well, looking at the stuff you're doing, you'd love it. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> lots, of, lots of mountains and, and, and good walks, nature, lots of uh, low population, so you can often be out on your own. Uh, cool. Get, getting stuff done. So it's, it's really nice. What um, I've seen from your stuff on Instagram, uh, you're a keen mountaineer. Uh, is that just, yeah. has that always been the case, or is that because of being in Norway in such a beautiful country? Um... I would say deep down it's probably always been, but it's not something I practiced a lot. I guess I guess when I was um, in the UK and I had yeah. work, I was working a lot. Probably didn't find the time, or of course I could have done, but I just yeah, didn't. Yeah. I just yeah. I just got stuck into the normal patterns. But I've always liked the outdoors, and I've yeah. always enjoyed being physical and everything. So I think naturally and uh, with inside it was always there. And I did some things were years and years ago, like the three peaks challenge and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. which I really enjoyed when I did it, but I didn't actively really pursue it and make time for it, I guess. Um, but every time I did do something like that, I loved it. I enjoyed it. I, I always find sort of um, the national three peaks, the Yorkshire three peaks, whichever one it is, that's almost a gateway for people to sort of say, Oh, well that was really fun. I wonder what's, do you know what I mean? What, yeah. what more, what more can I do? It really opens up. It opens up the barriers for people to get into the outdoors. Um, I, it is a it is a country that I've seen a lot of Norway only via photos, and it looks like there's some some special mountains. Weather wise, compared to the UK, are the winters really really severe? And is this like, how 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 does it differ from sort of if I yeah, was mountaineering so I think, in the UK? So I think yeah, it's a question I get quite a bit from friends yep. and everything else, and also. It's funny because before I come to Norway, same as you, I'd seen a lot of pictures mm. and I had an idea about Norway um, in my head, I guess, like snow, <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of snow and this, but yeah, yeah. Uh, particularly where I am now, it's yeah. not really that much different from the UK. So I'm, I'm right. right on the South coast. Um, right. The weather is pretty similar. Uh, Norway is a really long, like big yeah. country. So yeah. the weather uh, varies quite vastly from down here to up north right okay. so the, t- the typical north that i envisioned and you probably envisioned is, yeah. is more the north yeah like uh, harsh winters yeah. dark uh, they have the, they have these long dark months like yeah, yeah two three months of no sun pretty much wow um but then and then in the summer it's the say opposite so it's like just long summer uh, days mm. long summer you know like midnight sun wow and um living in norway uh how have you found sort of culturally and food-wise? What 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 sort of stuff are you eating over there? And and all that sort of carry on. So the food is very similar to kind of old-fashioned British food. You know, meat, potatoes, gravy. Yes, that's it, that's that's the that's the fundamentals. <laughs> yeah, so it's so it's so it's quite traditional that way. Uh, and I I live in a very rural or like middle of nowhere kind of small town. An old, yeah. it's an old, it's a little coastal town. There used to be a lot of things going on here, I think, like uh, shipping-wise. Yeah. But that's moved to the bigger cities now, so now it's just a quiet town. Nice. Um, so I guess here is probably still a lot more old-fashioned, traditional than if you went to Oslo, for example. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, culture-wise, it's is small fish, town culture. Is fish heavy on the diet, I take it? I, I don't know why. I've got this like image of like Scandinavians just eating fish in Wales. I don't know yeah, why. I think... <laughs> So it's funny because the fish, fish is in abundance here. Of course, we, yeah. I'm surrounded by water. There's a lot of fishing, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still really expensive in the shops. Everything's right. expensive in Norway, but surprisingly, so is fish. Um, but a lot of people, especially where I live here, they do their own fishing. So right. uh, like my girlfriend's dad, he's got a little fishing boat. So he often goes out and if he's had a good catch, we'll like, yeah, yeah. Give all these, they make all these fish cakes and stuff. Uh, right. So really good. So yeah, we, we try and we try and fish and there's hunting as well. So a lot of the people, I haven't got my license yet, but wow. a lot of people are doing hunting. So we get reindeer, elk. So, oh wow, what's that? Um, and, I hear Joe Rogan talking a lot about elk and and, and sort of deer yeah. meat. Um, 
What's that taste like? I've never, I've never had elk or thing. It's, it's beautiful. Nice. I mean, it's not, it's not a stretch from from beef, really. But yeah. it's, it's it's really nice, you know, really good meat. You, you as a sort of a fitness guy, personal trainer, gym owner, um, that was, is it heavy protein? Is it quite dense protein? I, I, I mean, I don't go, I don't do, go crazy as much as maybe I used to years ago. Where mm-hmm. I was very much more into the bodybuilding side, and right. I guess. I guess quite typical of young young guys in a way. Yeah. Where I want to be big, uh, yeah, muscles and ripped, and always want to be big and always want to be leaner. Uh, but I'm I'm less that kind of inclined now. I'm more. Yeah. I'm happy with the way I am, really. So I'm not trying to strive for anything. So I don't go crazy with it. Then, but I, but I do try and keep it up. I try, I try yeah. and maybe have um, a general rule is to get about two times your body weight protein wise so wow. I'm, I'm about 80 kilos so i eat at least 160 grams of protein a day right yeah nuts um so which which isn't high numbers really so no, as no. long as i'm getting that i know i'm pretty much good for <laughs> mainly for the recovery and everything that i'm doing um obviously uh, i've found you on sort of through social media and stuff and obviously yourself being an ex-soldier um uh, royal welsh Afghanistan too is the same as me. Um, I had the pr- the privilege and the pleasure of serving with the Danish Army. Um, oh yeah, in, in Afghanistan, and I tell you what, I've never felt um, more insecure about being a man as when I was serving with the Danes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no wonder we had struggles with them back in the day. I was like, what are these guys being fed on? Like, every single guy was like you know, proper Viking sort of warrior, that Scandinavian generic sort of big muscular guy, shaved head or some sort yeah, of hair, hair design. Beard. I was like, what is going on? Um, great, great people though. And obviously uh, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Scandinavia, they're very, very friendly people. How, how have you found sort of moving over there? I've, obviously you must speak a little bit of Norwegian, do you now? Yeah, so, so I've been, um, I probably could have spoke more than I, than I have. Right. Um, it's 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 a very difficult language, but I've I've really been trying more this year, and I got a little boy now, so oh, cool. I kind of cool. I kind of use him to learn because he's of yeah. course learning language, yeah. so I'm learning with bilingual. Him. Cool, yeah. So, so he's really helped me, or he's helping me uh-huh. learn. So I mainly speak Norwegian to him. Ah, oh, that's class. Um, so with- so that's that's kind of like my lessons every day in a way. Yeah, brilliant, and then. Obviously, um, you join you join the army. Let's talk about your army career. Uh, young lad, growing up South Wales, Cardiff. Um, you must have been similar to me. Um, either you really wanted to join the army as a young lad, or opportunities in your local area were sparse. Maybe you didn't like me. Didn't do so well at school, and you thought, "What's my options here?" Um, luckily, I always wanted to join the army, so that's how I ended up in the army. What, what's mm-hmm. your sort of background into it? So I was actually pretty good at school. I yeah. didn't like school, but I was good at it. And I kind of managed to get away with doing minimal work and still getting yeah. good grades. <laughs> but I always liked being outside. So I, yeah. I went through a period where I skived off a lot from school. I was always yeah. out, uh, just wanted to be out climbing and doing stuff and just being yeah. active. And so from a very early age, I kind of already had in my mind that I didn't want an office job or to be going down uh, the academic route like university. Yeah. So I was always looking at um, physical jobs. So whether that was going to be a trade or uh, my main two, there was also the army and the fire yeah. service. I was very, oh, yeah, you cool. know, joining the fire service. Uh, and I think as I was getting towards the end of school and looking at my options and career path, I started uh, asking more about the fire service and pretty much everywhere I went. And I think at that time there was like a bit of a, it was a bit, it was a, quite a hard period not taking well, on so when, many firefighters when we're talking what was it 2000 and what so that would have been leaving school now i think that would have been what 2005 or something right. i guess okay yeah yeah uh, and i think everyone i was speaking to within the fire department they were kind of saying yeah well it's hard right now and also we usually like to take people in their early 20s because we like people to be a bit mature and have some life experience yeah 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 all this stuff so then i kind of thought okay well in that case, then I might as well join the army, do my minimum five, five, yeah. six years, get that life experience, get out, maybe do the fire service. Yeah, yeah. That was like my loose plan. But I kind of had, um, I've always been quite logical thinking wise. So then I was like, well, I should probably get a trade. So I did 
uh, car mechanics when I left school. Cool. So I did that for a few years. Uh, I did like just almost three year like apprenticeship. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy it. I worked for a bit of a, a bit of a knob, to be honest. He, he, he was like a backstreet carriage and yeah. kind of just abused me as an apprentice, cheap labor. Do you not think though, like, I think working for knobs or, or doing stuff like that, it, it all adds character. Like I truly believe that, you know, that there isn't really that many bad, ex- true bad experiences that you, you sort of need that, don't you? To think, oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like that was, that was shit. But yeah, something to learn from, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, but I think, I think, I think sometimes there's different types of, of, of being like hard as well. Like yeah. sometimes it's just, he was just lazy really. And he was kind of just abusing me uh, as cheap labor. And yeah. And like I said, I, I, I wasn't a dumb kid, so I could yeah. see through it. And, I, and then I started getting a bit like chopsy. Yeah. Chops your, <laughs> or, or just see, just seeing through it and then starting just saying, you know, this is not really. Yeah. Yeah. So in the end I just, I sacked it. Um, and then I joined, I joined up for the army, but, uh, and I got in and everything. And at the time, my mother was getting going to be getting married. Right. And uh, they had a date set in the army. I basically, they, I had a uh, selection date, etc., for the military. Yeah. And they basically said that you won't be able to get the time off for the wedding. Um, <laughs> basic training, you know, the first so many weeks. So I put the, ba- the date back for the military. So in right. the interim, yeah. in the interim, I, I got a job. Um, I, I had two jobs in the interim. I, I first got a, like a call center job. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Which was also good in the way that, like, I hated it. It was such a boring job. and um, But it was good in the way that it, re- it, it it confirmed my ideas or my perceptions of that I wouldn't want to do that kind of job. Yeah, yeah. So I did it for a couple of months and just didn't enjoy the environment, didn't really enjoy the atmosphere of the office, the way people were trying to climb over each other. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, and it was so easy. Like yeah. I think I went into this team. It was it was for remortgaging houses or something, and I was basically like a, a middleman between the actual lawyers yeah. or whatever that did the stuff. And you basically just give updates and all this different stuff. Really easy work, and you had targets to hit. And it was such easy work that I went into the team, and I think I was like the second top caller within the first couple of weeks. And then people started not liking that. And the thing was, I wasn't even trying. Like, I'd put my whole thing on hold. I'd go wandering for a coffee and just bored, sat down, come back, do some more calls, go back. I yeah. just look at my numbers and be like, yeah, that's fine. So it was just not challenging at all, you know? It's, it's funny you should mention that. Like, um, people's envy and jealousy is truly, their own, is the, truly their own downfall. Do you know what I mean? Instead of like, instead of, and, and I'll equate it to social media because it's sort of relevant. Instead of sort of looking at someone saying, well, how are they doing so good and I'm doing so shit? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like don't don't look at that person and just think, well, I'm just going to hate them for no reason or I'm going to be jealous or envy. Like, just work on you. Do you know what I mean? Like, just just think, right, I, I need to, you know, I need to up my game, you know, go 10, go 10x at it. Just, just, just double down and just, you know, not not concentrate on any of that negativity or, or say, no, that, that new guy, you know, he, he comes in here, he thinks he's Tom, Dick and Harry and all that. And you, you wouldn't have even realised, would you? Do you know what I mean? You were probably just thinking about Friday night oh, and sat there and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't even <laughs> important. I didn't even care. Um, mm. and, and that's probably part of it as well. Yeah. Because I just did the bare minimum that I needed to do on the phone. So that my calls were really quick because I was like, well, this is my job. I don't need to do this extra stuff. That's for the lawyers. Mm. but of course they were trying to make friends in the office so they were basically getting passed back and forth to the lawyer because the lawyer couldn't be bothered speaking to them i'd be like no that's your job boom yeah and he'd be like, <laughs> next call so how long were you there for shout out to the call center workers in the world because that is a fucking job and after that is. yeah it was like two months i think i did yeah. two months um and then and then I, I sacked that off and I think I was just working in like a coffee shop actually for Sainsbury's. Mint. And I actually yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, I was on my class. feet, making coffee, speaking to people. Yeah. And it was literally just ticking over time. So I also knew I wasn't there for a long time. Yeah. And then when my mum got married, I went straight off into the, into the military then. Where did you do your basic training? In Catrick. Ah, oh, nice. I, I live in Darlington. That's where I'm from. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so I've been... I've been <laughs> And a few weekends in <laughs> yeah. No, uh, and I'm always down Catrick Garrison, actually. Um, it's changed about a million times since you were there, probably. Um, it's actually a decent place now, but 
How did you find ITC? How was that? Uh, interesting, I'd have thought. I enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, I like, <laughs> I think when I, when I joined the army, I, I want, I, I kind of bought into that whole be the best thing, you know, as cheesy as it was. And, Absolutely. and I think it was something that led to quite a bit of disappointment, actually, I think within the military, yeah. because yeah. I was, I was quite, I wanted to be that survival expert yeah. uh, level <laughs> thing, you know? So I was, yeah. I had this thing that I wanted to be like this kind of, yeah, this, 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 this raw military. No, I, absolutely. Uh, I, I was the same as you, mate. Like I, I joined and like I hook, line and sinker, like that, that, that other be the best in the boots, um, halting at the end of it. And I was like, it, it, it got my dick hard. Do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. when I went to, I went to Perv, right. And, and obviously your instructors are your best, are the best people from them regiments. But what you think is you think everyone, everyone is at that level. And then you arrive at your unit. I remember arriving at my unit and I was met by a guy in the, in the guard room. I don't think I've ever seen a fat human in my life. I was like, who's this guy? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, who's this guy? What's he do? And it's like, all right. And then all of a sudden, there's that like realism, isn't it? And then you think, ah, uh, uh, and uh, yeah. And you and then you you realise you're just sat around most days playing on the Xbox or whatever it yeah. is that people are doing in their rooms. I um, mean, concurrent mm. training. Like for me, I wish there was just concurrent training. You know, map reading, all this stuff mm. going on in the week. But as you probably know, it's most of the time it's just hurry up and wait. You sat around. Yeah, it's, doing, it's doing, really doing practically nothing unless an officer's visiting, and then of course you do like demonstration yeah. uh, things, pretending that's what you normally do. But. Yeah, do you know what? You're right. So you you, you got through your character experience, um, passed out. Phase one, it's phase one, phase two, isn't it? A character for you guys who do infantry yeah. is, and then where where was your first posting? Where did like where where was where was your unit based? Chester. So oh, we were, right. I, went, okay. I went to Chester. Yeah. Um, they'd just come back from being based in Cyprus for a few years, I think. So right. I think I think they'd had a, a year or so in Chester before I got there. Um, yeah. And I think I arrived and, and a lot of the guys, they were doing an exercise in Kenya. So most of them ah. came back. Grand Prix. Me, yeah, me and a bunch yeah. of the blokes, other new blokes then went out to Kenya to play enemy for someone else. Uh, I think another regiment was going there. Yeah, so. yeah. Kenya was boss, wasn't it? I did, I did Kenya Grand Prix exercise Grand Prix. Yeah. yeah. So, so I didn't actually do the exercise because obviously I just arrived and they were pretty much done with that. But we got right. to then go play enemy for another regiment. Um, yeah. Uh, and I pretty much just got there. I didn't have any like summer kit, you know. So I had all my issued green kit, and then it was like straight out to Kenya with a bouncing bomb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, "Fucking nice one!" And they yeah. gave me, and and they give you those like uh, malaria tablets, uh, larium yeah, or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. I've recently, been they, everyone. I think there's a big thing about that now that they they can they give you like uh, brain problems or something. May I, I think I, some I some never, officers knew about it, but they let it go on anyway. Man, I never took shit. Honestly, um, oh. Iraq, Iraq, Afghan, Kenya. I was like. Ah. I'm not taking this shit. Like, no, so <laughs> all I do is my... read the side effects on the back of the box. I'm like, main care nightmares, d- delusions, uh, alivia, um, kidney problems, liver problems. I was like, what are the benefits pissing, of these tablets? And pissing the bed. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I got there, and I think the first night, I'd like pissed. I pissed the bed because of these tablets. Yeah. Um, and and then obviously in my in my big fat bouncing bomb sleeping bag. <laughs> So I was like, oh, what the fuck? Brand new bloke as well. I was like, oh. Yeah, beasted. Yeah. Had to, had to hang this uh, sleeping bag. And yeah, they'd, everyone, uh, people that had been in a longer were like, oh, it's those, it's those malaria tablets. So I stopped taking them as well mm. um, straight away. So, I mean, you know, Kenya for me, was, that was a great experience. I, I, I literally got to my unit and then a week later, I just remember someone saying, fancy going to Kenya? And I was like, yeah, I'll go to Kenya. I yeah. was the same as you. I was like, I think I was six weeks out of phase two. And then before I knew it, I, I was in Kenya. And I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And um, yeah, we did Archer's, Archer's Roast, uh, all that train area. It was it was class. Like, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, but I know what you're saying. Um, I, I've actually sort of said to the people who were still serving who I sort of know, look, um, you know, I do mountaineering now. Right, I can go and do leadership stuff for you, you know, 
all these blokes who are sitting around on a daily basis doing nothing, and let's be honest, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I'll happily take them out, and we'll go and do the Lake District, and we'll go down to North Wales, and we'll go to Scotland, and we'll go and do some good stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you, you just don't get any traction. Do you know what I mean? It's like, all right, then just lose them in three or four years' time when they can sign off because they're absolutely fredders of sweeping floors that don't need sweeping and cleaning rifles that don't need cleaning. Um, yeah. It's just, I, I, I don't understand why they don't do it. You know, there's stuff that doesn't cost anything like like map reading. Like, like you yeah. know, blokes that couldn't read a map and stuff. Ah. And, you know, unless unless you do an NCO card, you don't really yeah. get taught it properly. Oh, and, and unless unless you've... <laughs> take it upon yourself to learn how to read a map. You, and you have these lessons, you know, once or twice a year, which no one remembers. And yeah. a lot of the blokes are not, like you mentioned, people are not that academic, a lot of the guys. I, I've had, I, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I've had sort of people come out with me on the stuff that I do and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a good map reader. And I'm like, oh yeah, do you want to do the first leg then? And they're like, oh, well, um, just, you know, let us sort of get me rhythm first. Get your rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> let me get me rhythm. All right, and mate, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, you just follow me all day. I was at, and let me know when your rhythm comes back in. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Some people, uh, some people are sort of just full of it, aren't they? Um, we spoke before the podcast. Obviously, you joined. I, I, I was in the Afghan tours. Came thick and fast, mate, didn't I? Um, let's talk about Afghan and the and you know, I'd done Northern Ireland and I'd done Iraq, but when I got to Afghan on Herrick Eight, I was like, "Fuck me, this is Vietnam." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that's, like that's where I was at. Um, yeah. And even though I was artillery, that meant that meant nothing. Like I was in in the thick of it as you was in infantry. Do you know what I mean? Like just fucking bosh. There you go. Have that. Um, talk about your tours. How, how how did you find your first sort of tour in Afghan? So it was it was a pretty kinetic tour. So we did did Herrick uh, Herrick Ten. Mm-hmm. which was 2010. That summer, Herrick 10 was a summer tour, wasn't so it? I went, it was like winter into summer, so we went out December and then and, and then come back, obviously, right. summer. So right. I think end of 2009 going into 2010, I think it mm-hmm. was. Uh, yeah. And it was it was good. Like, I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> again, again I, I think I'd been in battalion for maybe a year or something. Yeah, um, straight, straight, straight out onto that. So it, for me, it was actually pretty good because I did my training, had a bit of a quiet period for a bit, and then of course straight into the training for Afghan, which, as you know, is more yeah. a lot more physical training and yeah. uh, exercises and stuff. So actually, I felt like yeah, I was doing, I was doing the shit I wanted to be doing, and then I was, I was excited and looking forward to going on tour and, and, and being a soldier. Was that your first operational tour? The first Harry yeah, you did? Yeah, so that was right, the okay. first, that was my first tour. Um, and I was a Valen man and a, and a sharpshooter. Yeah, just, I'll just explain that. Um, Valen man was, uh, you were the guy with the, with the metal detector at the front for the people listening, um, which is a bit like cleaning fucking shark's teeth with a very short, short fucking brush, isn't it? Um, I, yeah. I also did a bit of Valen in. And um, yeah, um, that's that's a hard gig. And unfortunately, if you was a Tom or a Crow or new or whatever you are, um, that was your role, wasn't it? Pretty much, the new guy got or the newish guys got. Yeah, I mean, Valen and and that sort of role. Yeah, I mean, I mean, usually it was one of the new guys, and and, and preferably, obviously, one of the. The one of the slightly more switched on new guys, because yeah, you had to be switched on, because yeah, you absolutely. You so so, um, I think usually the 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 not so clever new <laughs> guy usually usually gets carrying all the shit. Yeah, like the, yeah, the chub, the chub, the, the ECM yeah. chub. If you're carrying it, it's because you it's because you're a plank of wood. Um. So uh, <laughs> so we had that, but uh, no, I mean, but again, I kind of enjoyed it. I kind I kind of enjoyed leading from the front and absolutely. And, I had I had quite a bit of, you know, I did the route selection and stuff. Yeah. Um, so we were, so so I really did lead lead. I wasn't told exactly where to go. I knew the rules, you know, not to, to not to go the obvious routes and stuff. So I had a bit of freedom to do that, and uh, you know, we did did well. I found I found a lot of IEDs, and um, I, I had one big find. Uh, yeah. I searched I searched some hay, haystacks, and uh, I found like 150 IEDs. Yeah, just components um, to make other stuff. 
Yeah, IDs, improvised explosive device bombs for those people listening. But yeah, no, it's um, it it was uh, it was a harrowing experience, and 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 sort of what you're saying there is when I did Valen and when we was in the army, and I did sort of Northern Ireland as well, the back end is, and I do it now in my mountaineering. I'll be I'll be walking along a track, and I'll be like, right, we're going up over here, and they're like, well. Why don't we just go down there and I'll be like, vulnerable point. <laughs> vulnerable point. Line of sight, ridge line, command rider ID. We're going over yeah. here. And they're like, ground, pe- ground pe- sign. <laughs> yeah, people like that. What is he talking about? Why are we now walking in the middle of nowhere, trudging through bogs? I'm like, there's no way the enemy would come through this bog to put a mine. So we're going through. <laughs> no, it's, it's interesting. I, I used to like use it. It was like my little... Uh my little bit of own back as well because the, the sergeant our sergeant he was like a short guy you know <laughs> and we, we had he was a, he was a, from North Wales and yeah. we kind of had a little bit of friendly banter because I was always I was a bit of a cocky soldier as well yeah, you know? I, was, yeah. I, was, I was I was super fit um, and like I said I was relatively I was confident in my in, in my skills and yeah it, it went most most of the time it was good you know like the a lot of the senior blokes yeah uh, I got on with very quick so I, I, I didn't get treated so much uh, as a super crow yeah I, yeah I got in i got in quite well with some of the senior senior bods yeah uh, i was out i was out drinking with them and you know because because of this ability of doing the yeah. job i had a little bit of respect and uh, yeah it, it was it was good and anyway like he used to give me a bit of shit obviously like friendly banter and yeah uh, i used to get my own back because he was a short bloke yeah i'd yeah. always pick like long crossings like <laughs> things things he had things that were easy for me to jump over and he would yeah, I, I just hear on the radio Harry you little dickhead <laughs> um, so I'd, I'd have my I'd have my little that would be like my little giggles for the for the patrols and sort of your first how did you find your first tour like everything from landing landing in Kandahar to going to Bastion on a Herc to the accommodation that I I mean, the hardest thing for me was the RSOI package. That first few days, man, that's fucking hangout city, wasn't it? Like 15-hour yeah. days. Um, just stand after stand after stand. And I, I mean, I was like, get me to get me on my patrol base or get me to my fireball, whatever we're going. I was like, fucking brutal, yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, so my first tour, as I mentioned, was really kinetic and we, we, we had a very packed tour and we went to a new area. So... We were part of, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Op Mastrak. All right, so okay. Op Mastrak was at the time the biggest um, air assault since I think World War Two or something. Wow. Uh, and it was, it was a big joint, a big joint task force for, with the whole of the, um, uh, like America, Danish, yeah, Spirit, yeah, yeah, everyone, cool. the, whole, the whole of NATO, you know? So I think there was a lot of different areas and we went into a brand new area, which was good in a way because it was a new area. And it was where the, the a lot of the Taliban were based. Yeah, yeah. They hadn't smashed the area with IEDs yet because they were living there or staying there. And be, so we basically dropped in on them and then basically fought them, got them, pushed them out, took over and built our own little compounds. Yeah. So yeah. we went in, you know, did the usual, paid, paid the family some money to go live with a relative, built up, sandbagged it all up. And then yeah. we defended that spot and basically just patrolled every day, pushing back the the flat, the forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. The enemy. So kicking them. So kicking so 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 our job then was just to keep on pushing out the areas and just making that that uh, radius bigger. Uh, yeah. And push, pushing them back. So it was literally out fighting almost every day. Yeah. Uh, no. Which was which was good, and you, you know you get what, used to it so quick. Like what, was the, just, um, what was the um? What was the word? Adrenaline starts going to the point where you're just walking around, uh, bullets coming past you, and yeah, yeah, it was just not phased. The, we did a bit of um, Winnie Hill. We did a bit of Fibua. Um What was it? Fighting in some cunt's house. That was the, that was <laughs> that was the saying, wasn't it? Fish fighting in some yeah. cunt's house. Some something like that. It's, um, so you you come back from your first tour. How long until you hit your second tour of Afghan? So then I was year and a half, two years. We had about oh, a year oh, and a half. Fucking hell! It's nothing, is it? For the next tour, so we come back. Uh, yeah, so we pretty much come back, had about six months of, I say downtime, but you know, just just chilled yeah. out uh, stuff, and then started training for Afghan again, pretty much. Yeah, so it was uh, straight straight back into rotation. And were you 
did you go back out there as a lance corporal or a corporal or what were you, where were you at were you still front man ballon man no or? so i was so i was a bod and then um so i was actually on a promotion ban because i i <laughs> before the first tour i think i got some anger issues and i beat up a ta lad in, in oh, our wow. unit and then i was on a promotion ban for a year so i got back um I was still on a bit of a promotion ban, but then I went over to reconnaissance. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you can hear me actually. Yeah, interested. I've got you, mate. Yeah, no, I've got you. Just, just it's just going a little bit funky, but it's, it's cleared itself out. Yeah, so a promotion ban. Yeah, and then you went back out to Afghanistan just a bod. Uh, well, yeah, been uh, reconnaissance. So yeah, we come back from that first tour, and my previous platoon commander. Yeah, uh, that I had in, in in the rifle company, he went and he took over reconnaissance. Yeah, and he he'd like requested for me to go over to there, so so I followed him over, um, and and then I spent the time then training for Afghan with the reconnaissance platoon. Yeah, and then my second tour, I went out with with them. So so uh, it was cool. recon- reconnaissance again um, for them people out there listening is you much more you are the forward force, so you encounter. Um, a lot more sort of problems, and, and you you know you, you're sort of wrecking the front, aren't you, for the, for the main body forces that are coming behind you. So you're very much you are the tip of the spear, is what um, Stephen's saying with a reconnaissance. Um, so is this is this you now in the recce, recce platoon out there driving around? What were you in at the time? Wimix or was the vehicles better by that point? We were jackals. All oh, right, okay, right. So we were, so we were out in the jackals, but. Yeah. Um, we're still mostly foot patrolling. Right. Uh, we use the jackal to go back to the main uh, fob yeah. to yeah. do replans and stuff. But yeah. uh, most of the time, we were out on foot, um, uh, not not really patrolling very often in the vehicle, just because yeah. of the location we were in. It wasn't really feasible um, to to be doing that or or, or, or benefit beneficial, you know. Yeah. So yeah. most of the stuff we needed to be on foot, getting across the fields and everything, and uh, and clearing areas. Yeah. So, but uh, it was funny because that tour was actually, compared to the first tour I did, it was relatively quiet. You know, we didn't get into the, it wasn't daily fighting. Yeah. And, and it got and, and to a point where I remember not just me, but a few of the boys and I like most of the people in Recce, uh, uh, the Rec, the Recce uh, platoon is usually full of some of the more experienced soldiers or yeah, strong yeah. blokes. So it's nice being in Recce because you get a lot more leeway and uh, yeah. independence, like you're trusted to just get the job done. So so you know you feel like you you were the big boys. Uh, so I I know what you're saying there because when I went back for the second time, I, I sort of went back out there with my gum shield and ready to rock and roll again. And then like about a month into, it, I was like, "What's where? Where's everyone gone? Like where's mm-hmm. where's all the gadgets gone? Because I've come for a tear up here, and now I'm being told, oh well, um, the, the Taliban's tactics obviously changed.'" Um, and obviously, this is where um, your injury comes into it because the threat, um, the IED threat was huge, wasn't it? In the, in the sort of mid to late Herricks, the, the IED threat was like the fucking, the nightmare, wasn't it? That was the, that was yeah. the one. And I think, as I mentioned, with the first tour, we went into an area that, they, that, that, that no one had been before. So, so yeah. there, there wasn't as much IEDs planted by that point. But the second time we went into an area where the, the army has been, or mm. the, the British military has been in and out of. So I think they've yeah. had periods where they left and they went back to it and all these things. So obviously yeah. with all those interim periods where no one was there, they were able to get in and just cover the place with, with IDs. So there was IDs everywhere and IDs that have been there for years um, mm. between all these different periods. So, so there was, there was, there was a lot of stuff out there um, with that, but yeah, the, the fighting wise, we were almost bored, you know, we were like, mm. and you know, all, all the blokes, like I said, are all like experienced yeah. um, taught f- fighters. So they were, we were all a little bit like, fucking hell. Yeah. yeah <laughs> shit. And yeah. then all of a sudden it was like, boom, we had, a, we, had a, we had a period down of a few weeks where it was really crazy. Like we had snipers. Uh, uh, I think they, they, they brought in like Chechen snipers and stuff like this. So, yeah, foreign fighters. Yeah. Yeah. So we had like, I think, because we had a couple of little bases around with, yeah. uh, we had like mortars, platoon. Where, stuff where like were that. you based? Where was this? 
So this was, uh, do you know Fabulette? Uh, what? So they, it was it was south of Sangin. It was a little oh. bit south of Sangin. Fuck. So uh, yeah, so we were there, um, and we were just had our own little compound that we made we, we, that was built up. Um, so so we were just out on a forward operating base, going from there. And I think yeah. there was like another little forward operating base not far from us with one of our other um, fire support. I can't remember if it was like anti tanks or something. Yeah. That was but anyway, one of those guys got hit with a sniper, and then. I got hit on the patrol, so I was just on um, on foot patrol, just a regular foot patrol. Yeah, and going along a field and stood on ID. Right. Um, so were you were you, Val, were you Valen at that moment, or were you further down the chain? Like so, the- so actually, I wasn't Valen for Recky, but I obviously I was I was trained from before. Yeah, and we had a different Valen man, and I was usually like with the GPMG, right. etc. Yeah, yeah. Or or um, or, ju- or just with a with a normal rifle, so it depended yeah, on yeah. what the task needed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but one of the guy who was the regular Valaman, he had his R and R, which we actually swapped R and R dates. Um, me and this guy. Fuck, yeah, no. uh, I can't remember why we swapped. I think because his R and R was around my birthday or something. So yeah, we swapped. yeah. Um, and anyway, yeah. So he was out on R and R. So then I was taking over Valen uh, for the, for this days, and uh, I think. A lot of like everything else, a lot of things led to to, to it. What happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it can always be prevented. I think anyone that like stands on ID or whatever and doesn't want to blame their own skills, it it is the way it is. And I think the sooner you accept that, uh, instead of trying to blame everything else, the the better. Mm. Like there was things I could have done the better. There was things that probably other people could have done better um, that led to it. So fucking. But, but anyway, I, we were going up this field and we were getting towards like uh, towards a crossing point. So we obviously yeah. a vulnerable point. Yeah. And we swung. Well, as we were coming up the edge of the field, I spotted some ground sign, which I suspected to be an ID. Yeah. So yeah. I pulled in uh, left to come back into the field and pointed yeah. it, told the next man who was a dog handler from the RAF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we'd had some issues with this guy pretty much the whole time. He was just not a very switched yeah, on yeah. Not passing on messages, etc. So anyway, I swing into the field, and as I'm in the field, I look and I can see the third man, which is my platoon commander, my one of my best mates, Chatty, coming um, towards where I think I just saw that ground sign. So I was like, "Whoa, stop, stop, stop!" And I was like, "Look to your right. Do you see like this disturbed earth, etc." He was like, yeah, "Yeah." I was like, "Fucking get away!" And then I started having a go or shouting at this dog animal. You yeah, know, yeah. What the, you're not passing my yeah. messages again, blah, blah. And I, I, I don't know at what point in this argument, but either way, I'm having a go at him. And then all of a sudden, boom, I think I must have taken a step. And I was distracted, took a step, got blown up. So there was another idea Fuck in the field. Yeah, um, so, and then funnily enough, or maybe not so funny, <laughs> obviously we got, <laughs> I, was in, I was in the air, seeing the tops of the trees and kind of straight Fuck away yeah. knew I'd just been blown up. Uh, so I was, and of course I've seen this before and I've had experience with it. So, Fuck. you know, leg, you know, legs, you know, so yeah. I landed on the ground and my shoulder was really hurting because I landed on my shoulder and I was just thinking, okay, just got, I've just got blown up. Let's have a look at the damage. So I had a look down and sure enough, I think like my left leg was gone completely my left foot, and then my right was just hanging by some skin. So, uh, I was like, right, okay. And then by this point, the medic, because oh, we had a medic on patrol, he started yeah. making his way to me. And yeah, patching me up, squaring me away. Oh, sorry, mate. I don't know what happened there. Um, right at a very fucking critical <laughs> moment as well. Um, yeah. Th- that's technology, folks. Um, so yeah, you were saying the medic made his way towards you. Um, yeah, so the medic got to me and... Um, yeah, he, you know, he, he's doing all his medic stuff, telling me what's up, you know, what yeah. the situation is, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, I remember there was a point, I don't, I can't really remember if he was there by this point or if I'd done this before he got there, but after I see my legs, obviously I checked my, checked my, my man bits. Yeah, and I remember putting my hand, putting my hand down, having a feel and I lifted my hand up to see and it was just bits of skin and blood and all this. Fucking hell. And my heart just sunk, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Um, but and then my thumb started throbbing, 
and I looked and I had a big hole like uh, out of my thumb. So I was like, oh, fuck. So I wiped it clean, checked again, and it was, you know, it was all good. So yeah. all that was all that yeah. was okay. So I was yeah. like, okay. That's that's a story that I've fucking heard about a thousand times from, from people who have done, you know, similar things. Like that. It's almost like, I know my legs are gone, but as my dick and my balls still there, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and, and fair enough. So obviously... Um, yeah, nine lined out out of out of third, like back to Bastion. You, yeah, you hit, well, I hit, hit another ID after, <laughs> so I got blown off the stretcher as well. Fucking um, hell! So, so you know that ground sign I said before? Yeah, yeah. The one that the Matt message didn't get passed on about. They when they got me on the stretcher, they took me down the side of the field, and oh. that thing I seen was an ID. So I we got the medic stood on it and uh, got blown up again. But luckily. Like I mentioned, this this area I think has had IEDs there for so long that uh, I think it was like kind of inert, so it was only a partial detonation. So luckily, it was like uh, enough to blow us blow us all over. Um, the medic had like I think eight fractures from his ankle to his foot or something. Fuck but, yeah, um, that is fucking brutal. So I remember <laughs> hit, remember going through the air off the stretcher and just thinking, hey, for fuck's sake, and. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, man, but only, only in true fucking military fashion can anyone think, like, I don't fucking believe. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I bet... Yeah. I, did someone crack a joke as well? I bet someone, like, fucking cracked a bit of a, a, bit of a thing as well. Like, Jesus, we well, don't uh, step on any more fucking bombs today. Yeah, well, like, yeah. it was like... Uh, so, my mate Chai, who was on the stretcher party, or one of those yeah. guys, he, he kind of come up and... Uh, I thought maybe I was blind because I think I, I had on mud in my eyes. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck, I can't see." And he he tipped water on me and washed my washed my eyes. And I was like, I looked at him and I was like, "Am I more fucked up now? Am I?" And he just looked at me and he looked me up and down and went, "Nah, you're probably. I think you're the same amount of fucked up." So I was like, "All right, cool." And then one of the guys, Murphy, he was like, obviously stood uh, stood further back on or taking a knee. And I yeah. heard him, "Handley, mate, are you all right?" I was like, I've been blown up twice, you dickhead. No, I'm not all right. He was like, yeah, sorry, mate. Are you all right? Yeah, I've just been blown up twice in the space of an hour, you fucking <laughs> lunatic. Yeah, no, I'm fucking so, brilliant. That's like a stupid question. But um, yeah, and then I just looked at Chai and I was like, right, just fucking get me out here now then, is it? And he was like, all right, all right. We, we, yeah, so then we waited for the helicopter and I think it took about half hour, I think. Fuck and, then I, and then I was off to Bastion. Um, yeah. Woke up. That was on a Saturday. I woke up on the Sunday uh, in, in Bastion, and luckily, I think the flights were every Sunday and Thursday at that point. So I was on the flight the next day. Then I think uh, there was an Estonian guy on my flight who actually had exactly the same injuries as me. Um, yeah. Double double baloney amputee. So we we got flown back and start started the process for for treatment, rehab, and everything else. Fuck you know. So you. You you lost your you did you lose your legs below below uh, below the below knee? the knee yeah right okay both, that, both below that is like people don't know like if you're gonna lose your leg like you fucking pray don't you like it's below the knee because yeah. then you can obviously you know when we talk about your Instagram and stuff you leave a fuck you live a, a, an active life do you know what I mean and I, I yeah. see you on the track running. You, you super physical guy. You, you've got stuff planned for 2020, Matterhorn, etc. So yeah, you're, you're living an active life. Um, but the, so the flu- where'd you go back to? Um, what what you call it? Uh, it was in Birmingham. Um, Birmingham. Yeah, Birmingham yeah. Hospital. Is yeah, Celio, uh, is it now? Celio, yeah, yeah, Celio, is it? Yeah. So I can't remember. The, no, no, it's uh, is it Queens, Queens, Queen right. Elizabeth Hospital Queen. or something? I think. And, and obviously. Um, the, the the team of Bastion, some of the some of the like the work that they did there was like groundbreaking, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? The these the, the amount of blocks and, and, and people who they saved was just just unbelievable, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like that hospital in Bastion was just next level. Yeah, I mean obviously I was full up of horse tranquilizer or yeah. whatever they give me uh yeah, ketamine. Yeah, so ketamine so, 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 so so I don't have much uh recognition. Visual visual experience of it, but but no, I mean, I'm here. They they they, they squared me away. Yeah, um, and and it's 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 been, you know, com- considering how big of an injury it was, it's it, it was. A, I had a fast recovery and a fast. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been. Was it 2012? So 
seven years and the amount, the thing that where I've come in seven years and the things I've done, it's quite crazy actually when you, when, when you take the time and sit and think about it. Uh, yeah, no, it's and, fucking... and I wouldn't, that wouldn't be without, without the guys at Bastion that, that yeah. squared me away um, and everything else. So it, yeah, it's funny because you, I don't know who they are. Uh, that, that's the mad thing. I, I don't yeah. know what they look like, who they are or whatever, but if they, if they are listening to this or maybe they, no, you know absolutely, and and that whole that whole experience um, is absolutely savage, and it's it's life changing. Um, but on a positive note, look like where you are now. Do you know what I mean? And the things that you're doing now, you've turned a really shit situation, and you've gone right. Well, I can be here, or I can push on, and. You know, people only have to check out what you're doing on, on online and on social. You know, you're really, really pushing forward um, and living a, a super active life. And, you know, it just goes to show, doesn't it, mate? Like, life goes on, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, like you can you can, you can, can crack on is what I'm saying. From, from Yeah, absolutely. From, from uh, super hardship like that. You, you have a choice of what you're going to spend your energy and focus on. I mean, yeah. you can sit around and spend spend your energy and energy and focus on all the things you don't have or uh, what you've lost or whatever it is. Um, or you can do exactly the same, but, but, but focus on what you still have or on what you can do. Yeah. Um, it, and, 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 you know, it's going to give you a vastly different outcome for, for basically the same amount of energy really. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, it's just choosing where to put, where to put it. Cause it's, it is energy, whether you're thinking about negative and being negative, it takes energy. So you might yeah. as well use it doing something productive or Yeah, no, thinking. definitely. No, definitely. Um we'll move on to um the sort of close down of the show, but I definitely want to get you back on because I I don't want to try and shoehorn the rest of the story into what time we've got left. So definitely have you back on somewhere down the line to talk about sort of your rehab, where you went yeah. from there and and we'll we'll get that in. But um moving on to sort of the five the five watts. Um so the first one, okay. Uh, what's the uh, greatest advice you've been given? Yeah, I saw, I've never really had like a like mentor or whatever. So I've never <laughs> been given super good advice. I don't think or anything in particular that that, that comes to yeah. mind. I mean, I, I try and read uh, quite a yeah. bit, so I've taken advice from books. And there was you something listen? my nan said, like my great nan. She's she, shoot it. Sort of a statement, but she used to always say, "It's." Um, what did she say? She said it, it was. It's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. That's what yeah, she's always saying. Yeah, that's a, that's um, a, so that is a great one. I yeah. think it's just, and you can take that how you want, I guess. But no, uh, no, it's. I, I it's, try. I try and be a, a. Sorry, troops. We've lost Stephen. Right, we're back. We're back know, in the game. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I don't know if that was you or me. Um, I don't know again, either. Uh, technology. But, um, I'll, I'll edit it. I'll sorry. Um, second one. Um, what's on your bucket list? But. So I've never sat down and written a book of this, mainly because I think generally I want to do and try everything. So I don't, yeah. I haven't narrowed it down to like certain things. Um, so, so generally I'm, I'm, I really, I want to try everything. You never know what you're going to, what's going to be your passion or, mm. you, you, you know, if you don't try things, you never know. Like I could be the best tennis player in the world. Yeah. Right? Well, Unlikely now, but I, I could have been the best tennis player in the world. But if you never play tennis, you're never going to know. Yeah, no. I'm always, I'm always like quite a bit of a yes man for for a lot of things. So you just got to um, go for it. I pretty much just want to try everything, do everything. There are some things that I definitely want to do, like some mountains I want to crack. Yeah. Probably, eventually, I probably want to have ticked off the seven summits. Um, yeah, that's a beast. Uh, yeah. And so, so, and 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 many other things like that, but. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't taken the time and sat to do a bucket list mainly because yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just want to fucking do it and see everything. Every, every day, every day is your bucket list. Um, I think I might. Well, I'm presuming I might know this one. Um, what's your toughest day? So, if it's yeah. not the day, if it's not the day you got blown up twice, mate, I don't know what else you've been doing in your life to fucking. I mean, technically, <laughs> technically, it sounds like my toughest day, but honestly, it's it happens so quick and yeah. it's so you've got so much things going on that you don't have time to be like, for it to be mentally tough in a way. Yeah. I okay. guess, I guess the days after or the days you wake up in hospital are probably tougher days. 
than the actual day you get blown the, up. If no. that makes sense, because yeah, no, it does. Yeah, have, the di- realism. Have, yeah, and I, I can't. I don't. I, ne- I never wrote down the date, but I imagine there was some days where I really had mental struggles and had to ask myself questions. And those yeah. would have been the toughest days, not the actual physical thing of, of it happening. Yeah, I think. Nah, I think for. So yeah, I'm not sure when, but I would yeah. say at some point during my recovery, I've had to sit and ask questions and figure out what what what's next and everything. Yes. Those would have been the tough, defining days. Um, but it's a process as well, so there would have been many broken up days. Yeah, yeah. Into that, but yeah. Fair enough. Uh, fourth one. What's your happiest day so far? Happiest day so far. I think. Uh, Again, probably not the day of my child being yeah. born, but there was yeah. definitely days after him being born where I laid there and sat and really filled with joy. Um, and and the same, recently climbed Mont Blanc, the getting back down off the mountain. Yeah, yeah. That day was really, that was, that was a happy day. Yeah, I, I want to do that myself. Yeah, fucking Ali as fuck that, Mont Blanc. It's all, definitely. It's awesome. Um, fifth one, mate, and final one, what's next? So as you mentioned already, I'm planning on doing Matterhorn next year, next summer. Mega. Mega. Um, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to learn how to be better. I've done, I started learning how to snowboard last winter. So I'm nice. trying to practice that this winter. Cool. Snowboarding. Um, I think that's, that's all I've got planned right now. Fair enough. Nice. That's, uh, that's a fair shout. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's been a fucking brilliant Eagle podcast. Um, thanks very much to Stephen. Uh, just goes to show you, you know, uh, a guy's cracking on with life. He got he got blown up twice on the same day. Um, I know people who, you know, who struggle with getting out of bed on a Monday morning and they think they're having a bad uh, a bad session. But it just goes to show you, you know, it, it is what you do with your life and, and, and how you crack on. Um, Stephen, what have you got coming up? Where can people find you? Social media, website, go for it, tell the world. So social media, Instagram mainly. I don't use my Facebook that much. Um, yeah. But but Stephen Handley, nice yeah. and easy. Yeah. And yeah, I'm I'm on there. Just it's it's a little bit random. I don't have a super set focus. You know, hmm. like sometimes it's a little bit of me and my kids. Sometimes it's you know family stuff, traveling stuff, uh, physical stuff, the gym, yeah. climbing. So you know, I'm not trying to. I'm not one of these influencers that's trying to sell some. <laughs> sell some discounted supplements or whatever so it hasn't got a it hasn't got their super focus on it yeah but yeah if you if you if you if you want to check it out and uh yeah and and see what i'm up to then then that's where you can find me mega ladies and gentlemen that's been Stephen. uh we're definitely having a part two because there's a lot that you still need to talk about but i didn't want to show haunt it in um great eagle podcast great to have Stephen on uh this will be out ASAP. Stephen, thanks very much for coming on, Mucker. Uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, right. Bye bye.